Good evening. The Lord would like to speak to us this evening from the book of Psalms, Psalm 87. Psalm 87. And we are going to read uh, all verses, verses 1 to 7. Psalm 87, verses 1 up to 7. The word of the Lord. A psalm of the sons of Korah, a song. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the guests of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God, Selah. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion shall be said, this one and that one were born in her. For the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord recalls as he registers the peoples. This one was born there, Selah. Singers and dancers alike say, all my springs are in you. All men are like grass, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you that, Lord, you've brought us again here, that we can worship you, but also we can hear you speak to us from your word. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to end the day in this way. And, Lord, now we pray as we turn to your word, that, Lord, may you speak to us. We praise you that you've reminded us that man shall not live by bread alone, but also by every word that comes from your mouth. The Bible is your word. And we pray that, Lord, may you speak to us this evening. More importantly, Lord, speak to us through the word, Jesus Christ himself, through the Holy Spirit and the preaching of your word. Lord, may the meditation of our hearts and the words of my mouth be acceptable before you, our God and Redeemer, in Christ Jesus. Amen. There are some people who don't like the church. Some people who like to focus especially on the weaknesses and the imperfections of the church. They don't have any kind of words for the church. And I'm reminded of one who once said, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. In other words, I like your Christ, but I don't like his body, the church. But what about us Christians? What are we to think of the church? What are we to say of the church? Well, the psalmist answers that question here, especially in verse 3, he tells us that we are to think and reflect and say glorious things of the church. Now, you might be asking, say, well, I don't see the word church in this psalm. So how come you are talking about the church in this psalm? And indeed, though the word church does not appear in this psalm, the city of God, Zion, the gates of Zion, mean the church. The true Zion, the spiritual Zion, is the church 
as the author of Hebrews reminds us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. So this evening, with the help of the Lord, I would like us to reflect on our psalm under the title, The Glorious Things of the Church of Christ. And we are going to look at three points. First, her inception, meaning the church's inception. Secondly, her expansion. And lastly, her perfection. The glorious things of the church of Christ. Her inception, her expansion, and her perfection. First, her inception. Look at verses 1 to 3. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the guests of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. Here you notice that the, the psalmist here is talking about the beginning or the inception of the church. And notice two things that he's highlighting. First, that God is the one who founded the church and that God also loves the church. He begins by reminding us that God is the founder of the church. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. Friends, the church is not a man's idea. The church was not invented by man. It is not like our forefathers sat down and asked themselves, well, would it not be a good idea to have a church? And oh yes, let's start the church. They did not. God himself is the founder of the church. And to be more specific, the second person of the Godhead, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the founder of the church. As Apostle Paul reminds us in Ephesians 3, verse 19 to 20, you are the members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Christ is the cornerstone of the church, and the church builds around the church. He pulls the church together. And friends, this is very comforting to know that Christ is the cornerstone, that Christ is the foundation of the church, because it means that the church is always secure in Christ, that there is nothing that can destroy this church. The evil one will try to destroy the church by sowing seeds of division. The evil one will try to destroy the church by bringing in heresies and false teachings into the church. The evil one will try to destroy the church by sending persecution in the church. But you see, the church will always stand secure in Christ because it is built on this foundation, the sure foundation, Christ himself. This is why Jesus told Apostle Peter to say, I build, I will build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail against my church. The church is founded on Christ Jesus. And you see this also we can bring it to personal level. We are the members of the church. And this truth also applies to us. We are built, we are built on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is nothing that can shake or destroy our faith because our faith is sure and secure on Christ. 
the evil one will try to destroy our faith, sending trials our way, sending temptations our way, but he will never destroy our faith because our faith is founded upon the rock of ages, Jesus Christ himself. This is why, friends, we can join the hymn right and say, when darkness veils Jesus' face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy girl, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is seeking sand. All other ground is seeking sand. We are built on the sure foundation, Christ Jesus. So here, the psalmist goes on to tell us that God does not on, is not only the founder or the one who started the church, but also God loves the church. Now, it is one thing to found or to start a thing, and it is another to love that thing. There are many people who invented things, but later regretted having invented them. Recently, I was reading... Reader's Digest, an article from Reader's Digest, and uh, they were talking about a man. He was in the Russian army. He was a general there. Uh, his name is Mikhail Krashenkov. I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. But anyway, he's, he's the one who invented the popular assault rifle for AK-47. And some years ago, he was being interviewed by the newspaper in the UK, Guardian newspaper. And he regretted having invented AK-47, having seen that it was used by terrorists and warlords. And this is what he said, I would prefer to have invented a machine that people could use and that would help farmers with their work, for example, a lawnmower. That is man. Man can invent things and later regret them. But not so with the Lord. The Lord founded the church. And he loves the church. He does not regret founding the church. Now, you notice here the psalmist says, The Lord loves the guests of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Now, here the psalmist is not saying that the Lord does not love the other cities in Israel. He's saying that the Lord loves the other cities in Israel, but he loves Zion more than anything else. In Jacob, more than anything else in Israel. And it's the same with the church. The Lord loves the world, but he has special love for the church. And he loves the church more than anything else in this world. You know, theologians, when they speak about God's love, they say, God's love can be viewed in two ways. First is what is called God's love of benevolence. And secondly, God's love of complacency. And God's love of benevolence is the love that God has for his creation. God loves every person in this world because every person was created in his image. And God demonstrates his love for every person. He gives life. He sustains every person. He provides for every person in this world. That's God's love of benevolence. But then there's God's love 
of complacency, and that's the love that God has for his own people. This is a special love that he has for the church. And that's the, that the love that the psalmist is talking about here. God loves the guests of Zion more than anything else in Jacob, in Israel. God has special love for the church. And friends, where else is this love clearly demonstrated for us than on the cross of Jesus Christ? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have eternal life. Right there on the cross, God demonstrates his love for the church. God sending his only sinless son to die for the sinful church. God sending his only obedient child to die for rebellious people like you and me. That's the greater love of God for us. And friends, we need not to take it for granted. Because Apostle Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 2, that when angels sinned, God said, it is enough. I'm chaining you and putting you in prison. You're waiting for judgment. That's what the Lord did with angels. But when you and me sinned, God never said it is enough. God said, I'm sending my son to die for you, to redeem you. What he did to us, he did not do to the angels. Therefore, we should not take it for granted. For God has loved us so much with an amazing love. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. And as the Puritans said, in Christ, God has given us so much that heaven can give no more. He has given us so much in his Son. And that's the amazing love that God has for the church. The Lord loves the guests of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Secondly, the psalmist goes on here. He does not only tell us of the inception of the church, but also he goes on to tell us about the expansion of the church. High expansion. Please look at verses 4 and 5. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion shall be said, this one and that one were born in her. For the Most High himself will establish her. Here the psalmist is showing us that the church is expanding. And you look there in, 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 in verse 5 and this one and that one. Even in Hebrew, you can see the picture of the church expanding because it's a man and a man. One man after another, one woman after another. The church is expanding. That's the picture that we see here of the church expanding. But now notice first that the church is expanding, ex expanding among unlikely people. The church is expanding, as a matter of fact, among the enemies of God's people. Verse 4, among those who know me. Now, those who know me here... It's not just a matter of acquaintance, but knowing in a saving way. Among those who know me, I mentioned Rahab. Rahab here represents Egypt. 
And you know that Egypt was the enemy of God's people. As a matter of fact, in the Bible, Egypt often represents idol worship. But that's where the church is expanding. And Babylon as well, the enemy of God's people, a very wicked kingdom. But that's where the church is expanding. And Philistia, again, the traditional enemy of God's people, Israel. And children, you remember very well the story of uh, giant Goliath and the young David. Giant Goliath was from Philistia. He was a Philistine. He was the enemy of God's people. But that's where the kingdom, the church of God is expanding. And Tyre, Tyre was a city north of Israel. Very rich city, but very wicked and full of immorality. And Kush, Kush there, that part of Africa, Sudan, southern part of Sudan, all the way to Ethiopia and Eritrea. That's where the church is expanding. And yet the Kushites were very ungodly people. The church is expanding among ungodly people, the enemies of God. But here God says, those who know me, I mention. And then he mentions these people. And we see that uh, here, this prophecy is fulfilled even in our own time. As Jesus Christ commands his disciples, and he shall be my witnesses, beginning from Jerusalem, Zion, and then all Judea and all Samaria to the ends of the earth, you shall go and proclaim the gospel to all these people. But more importantly, this prophecy has been fulfilled in our own lives. Because we were the Babylonians. We were the Egyptians. We were the Cushites. The Lord, in His mercy, He has brought us into the city of God. We who are the enemies of God by nature, He has reconciled us to Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, Doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of the flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. We have been brought to Zion. We who were by nature the enemies of God. So notice there, secondly, that uh, these people as they are being brought into Zion, they are no longer known by their birthplace. But now they are known as the citizens of Zion. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion shall be said, this one and that one were born in her. You see, these people were born in Babylon. These people were born in Egypt. But here God says, no, they were born in Zion. They are the citizens of Zion. They are no longer Babylonians. They are no longer Cushites. They are the citizens of Zion. And what a wonderful picture of the gospel, friends, here that we see in this psalm. That God to God, when he has saved us, our first birth doesn't count anymore. But what matters most is our second birth, that we've been born again in the city of God. 
That's what matters to God. Our first birth, who we were before, doesn't matter at all. To Him, what matters is beginning from that time when we have been born again in Zion, when we have become the citizens of Zion. And when God looks at us, He just says, you and that one and this one were born in Zion. They were not born in Babylon. They were not born in Cush. They were not born in Tyre. They were not born in Philistia. They were born in Zion. And Christ reminds us through his word, through his apostle, to say that if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. That in Christ, our, life, our lives before knowing Christ, gone history. The new has come. And that's how God views us. And again, Apostle Paul writing in Galatians 3, verse 27, 29, he says, For as many as of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. We are the offsprings of Abraham. We have been brought to the city of Zion through faith. And that's how Christ is expanding his church. Now there are a number of lessons that we can draw from here and a number of applications, but I, this evening I just want to highlight one. And that is that Christ is expanding his church among the nations. And he's using people like you and me to expand his church. This is why we should be excited about missions. And we thank the Lord and we praise the Lord that our church is excited with missions. That every Sunday evening we are praying for missionaries, praying for the work of missionaries. We need not to take it for granted, friends. As one theologian once put it, missions is the heartbeat of the church. We need to continue to pray that our church will continue to get excited to love missions. And personally, I should, I should thank you all for the, your encouragement, encouraging the work of Malawi Reformation Network. That's what God is using to expand his church among the nations. Let us continue to get excited and to pray that God will keep our church faithful in his work. Of missions. And lastly, here in our, in our psalm, we do not only see the church's inception and the expansion, but lastly, we see our perfection. Our perfection, and you, you, we see this at, in verse 6. The Lord records as he registers the peoples. This one was born there, Selah. You see here, the psalmist is painting a picture of God recording the names. God has a register. And as these people are being added to Zion, as these people are being brought into Zion, the, the Lord is recording the names. And here the psalmist tells us that there are here two columns in this register of the Lord. Name this one. And place of birth was born there. And probably dead there as well, the Lord records. 
And you see the Lord is recording the names even now. The Lord even right now is continuing to register names in his book of life. This one and that one was born there. But this will not go on forever. A day is coming when the Lord will finish the work of recording names in this book. When the Lord will complete recording the names in this book. And on that day when he has finished recording, when he has completed his work, the Lord Jesus Christ will descend in glory from heaven with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And Christ will come and gather all people to himself and gather them before the white throne of God. And the Lord is going to open this register and lead out names and call out names. And all the names that are recorded in this register will be gathered together. And Christ will say to his Father, Father, now this is the last stage of the work that you called me to do. You sent me to the world. I was born for these people. I lived a perfect life for these people. I died on the cross for these people. I rose from the dead for these people. Now is the last stage of the work of salvation. I am presenting your people to you, perfect without any blemish. And the church will be perfect, friends. No more, no more imperfections in the church. No more weaknesses of the church to be seen. It will be a perfect bride of Christ. No more death, no more sin, no more sorrow. But a perfect church before the throne of God. And you know, it's not just these bad things that will come to an end. Even the good things will also come to an end. Some of the good things. On that day, there will be no more need for preachers like me to preach Christ. Because all of us, we are going to behold him face to face. On that day, there will be no more need the ministry of our friend, Pat Queen. Because there will be no more need for counseling. Because we shall all dwell together with a wonderful counselor forever. Oh, what a glorious day, friends. And the Lord is recording right now the names. And the hymn writer captured it very well when he said that on that bright and proudest morning, when the dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of his resurrection share, when his chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies and the roar is caught up yonder, I'll be there. My friend, will you be there when the road is called up yonder? Will your name be in the register when the register is read? If you are not in Christ, your name is not in this register. But it is not too late. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ now. And the Lord will record your name in this book. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I pray that on that day, it will be said of you and me, 
this one and that one was born in Zion. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your church. But above all, we thank you for Jesus Christ, the solid rock, the foundation of the church. That in him you have loved us. We who were Cushites, Babylonian enemies of God. In him we've become the friends of God. That you can say among those I know, you can mention our name. Father, there's still more to be brought to the seed of Zion. We pray the Lord in your mercy and in your grace. May you bring more to this city. We pray the Lord on the last day there will be more that will be said. This one and that one was born in Zion. Expand your church, Lord. Build your church for your own glory and for the good of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.